Kirby, what do you think of things? Welcome, friends. Last guy here, and it's time for the podcast. So the feeling is, every once in a while we do a solo podcast just to uh, just have me talk about a bunch of things, just just me, and um, yeah, just give us a week where it's not me hunting down a person and it's just me talking about whatever topics are going on right now. And Jinx felt the first thing we should be talking about is the history of the comp because we have a new computer here. And so the current specs of the computer are, because I forgot to write them down right now, clicking where I put those specs, are uh, we have a CPU AMD Ryzen 7 1700, RAM 16 GB, DDR4, advanced sensor resolution, 3222 megahertz, video card GeForce GTX 970, power 550 watt, using uh, Logitech uh, G105 mouse, oh no, G105 keyboard, G500 mouse, Windows 10, OBS, and Shadowplay for recording, and we're using Adobe Edition and Premiere for audio cleaning and video editing. And we're using a cam, I think it's a 920, yeah, it's 920 cam. So those are our specs, right? So, the history of computer, in case you're wondering, because actually our fourth, fourth year anniversary comes up in... Let's see, this will be on Wednesday, in like... 15 days? So, it's on the 19th, double-checking that fact. It is on the 19th of, on the 19th of October, 2013 is when we first started the channel. It was our first video, and yeah, there you go. Uh, been at this for a long time. So, here's the journey of the computer. We started with a pre-built cyber-powered PC. Jinx bought it off Newegg back before the channel started, so... Jinx made the first big investment in the channel because I had no money. She she believed in the she believed in us. She believed in the cause, and she put in the first big investment. It had an Intel i5 2500K processor, 8 GB DDR3 memory, Radeon HD 6 uh, 6006 uh, 6670 graphics card. We decided to start doing YouTube, and Compu was not ready, but we did it anyways. We had a lot of recording issues at first, mainly caused by bad recording settings and frame rate issues. Also from using a headset mic, because that's all we had at the time. Eventually, we got the Samson, and we've been using- Jesus, we've been using the Samson for almost four years. Wow, we've been using Sam Samson, we've been using this for a long freaking time. Um, our- Our sound has always been- stuffed animals like it's always just been a bunch of stuffed animals because uh my family loves carnival games and we're really good at them so we win stuffed animals all the time so it's just a bunch of stuffed animals i didn't set them up there's a bunch back there that are buried under stuff and so those are there and they are there for sound absorption while the professionals have like those foam things you see on walls i have stuffed animals because there you go it works uh, let's see, so our first upgrade was early in the channel. A new power supply and a new graphics card, HD7770. Not a great card, but it was cheap and gave us better performance. Eventually, Jinx sold... She sent me her old video card. I remember none of this, by the way. Oh my god. A Radeon 6950, which we used for several years. Thanks to ad revenue and viewer support, we were eventually able to upgrade to the NVIDIA GTX 970 we are using today. And then finally, after months and months and months, maybe a year, of saving up, 
we made more upgrades, and that is the Ryzen 7 1700. That's the CPU, 16 GB DDR4 uh, RAM, and a new case and motherboard to hold it all together. The new the motherboard is a it's a Tomahawk. Yeah, it's a Tomahawk. I was trying to see the box. I don't have the box. It's a Tomahawk. That's the motherboard. It works well with the Ryzen 7. And uh, the the CPU, the Ryzen 7, it's a 8-core uh, hyper-threading, so it can act like it's 16 cores, which is pretty dang cool. And my advice, when you build your own computer, don't build your own computer. Have someone else do it for you, because, oh my god, was that frustrating. I got stabbed so many times by the, by the CPU. Uh, I had to put things in, take things out, put things in, because of mistakes. Um... Trying to put the the little power supply cords in is extremely tedious and frustrating. Like if you're if you have shack level hands, I don't, but if you had shack level hands, that would be the most amazingly painful and annoying thing to do is put in the little things on the pins on a motherboard. Just forget it. Have someone else do it. Oh my god. Um we put in some fans from old copy, we put in the hard drives from old copy, power supply from old copy. So, like, it's a mix of two copies. There's, like, new pieces and old pieces. And it's pretty cool. We're going to have... Uh, we just ordered some screws so that we can get a... And a power splitter so we can have five uh, fans in copy. In the new copy. And all just, just getting more things and more cords and more... There's new problems and new things to overcome as we go is the thing. Because at the same time, we also got a switch and we're trying to figure out switch streaming and everything and we had to buy a splitter like some sort of we had to buy another thing but to buy a splitter and then we had to buy extra hdmi cords and we had to buy some sound cords and we're buying so many things and unfortunately the elgato car uh, capture card as far as we can tell has crapped out so we also now need to order another capture card so as you would try to advance and as you try to upgrade and get better and everything, things get more expensive than you realize. And then there's things that you didn't realize that just come back and bite you in the butt. Um, Windows 7, which we upgraded to Windows 10, was locked to the motherboard, apparently. So we had to emergency at in the middle, like at, at night, after putting it all together, freaking buy Windows 10 because it was not... What, if you don't have Windows 10, it puts a a bunch of it puts words in the bottom right corner that doesn't go away that says you need to uh license it or something like that and so it was like well we can't record anything while that's there obviously and that well obviously we want to be legit in in windows 10 anyway but that was a cost we didn't see coming so that sucked and we have of course more costs for the streaming and everything so more costs uh as you try to grow as you try to improve and everything uh, not more money, more problems, but just more ambition, more problems right now is the problem right now. Uh, but we're getting there, and eventually we will see Switch streaming. The thing is, Switch streaming is a little more difficult than Xbox and PlayStation, because of course it is, because it's Nintendo, unfortunately. So that's why we had to buy all this extra stuff. But we need a capture card, so we're not there yet, but we're getting there, and we'll be able to do that eventually. And yeah, that is, it's a whole, it's a whole lot of things, a whole can of, can of worms up in here.
So that is the history of the PC and what we're doing with the channel and everything and all that. And it's, it's a hell of a time. It's a hell of a time trying to get all this to work out. Now, podcasts, of course, talk about topics and opinions and things like that and maybe current events and news and everything. So here's some topics to talk about. Let's talk about Cuphead. They just sold 100,000 copies. Good for them. That's 20 bucks, so 20 times that. Not, of course, counting the cuts that they have to pay to different people and all these things. That's a good amount of money, 100k, and more people will hear about the game, and more people will buy the game. So that's going to be really good. Um, So good for Cuphead. It is an amazing game. We beat it in five hours. It's going to take a lot more time to, of course, um, get A-pluses on everything. This is a game that you want to get A-pluses on everything, just because it's a very fun game and everything like that. It's really weird. The thing about Cuphead is... The animation is amazing. Took a lot of work to make it. That's really good and everything. And there's people who are calling it revolutionary. And it's not. It's just that the newest generation has not seen what Cuphead has done. There are things in here that I know from my childhood that I've seen before that Cuphead does that no that you haven't seen in so long. And so newer generations think it's revolutionary. Bosses with multiple forms. That's Alien Soldier. That is Gunstar Hero. That is other games. That is, even Bullet Hells have had that. Just bosses with changing forms has been around for a long time. We have people who think that's a new thing. It's awesome to see it again, but it's not revolutionary. It's not at all. The revolutionary thing has got to be the animation style. It's got to be, not necessarily the style, but the willingness to put in the work to make a game look just like a cartoon. Just like a 1930s cartoon. They put in the work for that. It is amazing. It is incredible. It's so seamless looking. It's awesome. Great job to them on that one. It'd be interesting to see people try to do other genres, like a different gaming, different cartoon eras or animation eras in a game as faithful as they did for Cuphead. That would be amazing. You can consider that revolutionary in a way. Though there have been many games that have done a special art style that has been amazing in a game. So, I don't know. There's nothing necessarily revolutionary when I think about it then. It's just a really good game. But it's not just about that I want to talk about. It's the fact that they were mortgaging... They, what was it? They quit their jobs, mortgaged their houses. They did all the stuff. They, they, threw, they threw everything they had at making Cuphead. And reading all the game devs and everything, it's, it's, it's nothing but game devs going like, No! <laughs> Whoa! Whoa, that is not a good message. It's the whole, uh, what's it called? The survivor survivorhood bias? If I remember that's the correct term for it. And the idea is... Cuphead is the exception, not the standard. They, they risked everything for this game. If it failed, they were done. And that's a scary prospect. Because as I've talked about before, most game devs that I have talked to, the whole idea is you can only develop as long as you have a job. Whether you like to, whether you want it to be or not, the game development, unless you're, you're successful already, you are doing another job to fund your ability to do game development. That is the advice I've gotten from many game developers, gotten it from WayForward, from Yacht Club, from uh, Pocket Watch, from these other companies. That's what they say. It, because, holy crap, if you fail, you're done. Because if you fail and you have a main job, you can still do a second game. You can still do a third game. If Cuphead failed, they were done. Because they had the exclusive exclusivity with Microsoft. But they kept pushing the game back, of course. And that was more time 
before the game comes out, more time before the game gets sold. And so they have the exclusive deal. They got to get the game done. They got to get it out. They got to so they can, of course, get the money back and everything. But holy crap, that is that is something that it's amazing, but also don't do it. And I would bridge it over to the romanticization of the starving artist. I would I would bring it over there as well. And that why must there be adversity? This is because we watch movies and TV and everything. This is the thing. Why are we required to have adversity in order to have success? Right? Why can't it just be you were competent, you did things right, you did things smart, and you had success? It is a better story. That's the reason I feel. It's a better story if you had to overcome a bunch of obstacles, if you had to put everything on the line to make it. If you were a starving artist, if you are a designer who puts everything on the line, and as romantic as and as great a story as that is, it's not the way to go, in my opinion. Obviously. Like, especially because we you don't hear these stories every freaking day. There are so many people who do this and fail, and it's very heartbreaking. Another example is the restaurant business. I see restaurants, they come up, they spent their retirement, or they just made a huge investment on this thing. And they're working at it, they're struggling at it, and then the restaurant fails. I see that so many times. It's very, very sad. And that's what happens. It's people taking risks, and sometimes those risks don't pan out. And it sucks. And it's it's still things risks should be taken, but at the same time, we gotta be smart about those risks. And if people just didn't like Cuphead, that'd be it for them. Luckily, they had a lot of advertising for Cuphead, because there are some games that are amazing that are on par with Cuphead, or even better, that did not have as much advertising as Cuphead did, did not have as much of a following as Cuphead did, and those games have only sold so much, which is heartbreaking. But that's how it is, because it's about not just quality, but it's also about advertising and getting the word out there and community and things like that. There's so many things that have to be done to make a game successful. Not every game can be... Just out of nowhere surprise, like I keep thinking PUBG is, because I didn't see it coming out anywhere. It just showed him like, wow, pretty fun. And it, it grew, it blew up. Whereas Cuphead did have a good amount of advertising behind it, and people were just like, we were waiting for it for years, and it's finally here. So I really thought is, because I know I have talked, I have talked to people who want to be game devs, and they're like, should I go to college, or should I just be a game dev? I was like, we can go to college for a game dev as well, you know? But they were like, they just wanted to just do this as their thing. It's like, if you have a main job, you can game dev as much as you want when you're not working. And then when you're successful enough, bam, you can just do that. That's the same mindset I have for the channel, where I've been going to school, looking for work and everything, but we spend a lot of time on the channel. We've been developing, not developing, we've been making videos and editing and all this stuff. For almost four years. And the mindset has always been uh, quantity and quality. We make a lot of videos. We bring our best quality every time with these things. I try my best to perform very well. Jinx does nice editing stuff with it. We clean the audio. We make it very nice audio. We don't just send you what the audio is. We pretty it up. And so we've always been about quality and quantity from day one to the best of our ability. We've always been doing that. and. Jinx has had a job during all this. I've been going to school during all this, looking for work, like I said a minute ago. And now I'm going to have a job, and I'm going to have that job 
from 5-ish a.m. to 3 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. And when I'm not doing that, it's going to be working on the channel, working on Twitch and everything. And bringing it, as always. And always with on the back of mind, just try to improve at it so that we could blow up and do really well through this and we can do this full time. The same mindset can be said for anything. Artists, you, they have a job and then they do art and then eventually if they do enough art, they can be able to do it full time. You can say the same thing for game. There's so many passion projects for creatives that you can do. You just need that job to make sure you don't have not the ability to do it anymore, I think is what I'm trying to get at. But you will always have those romantic stories of where they just, they take every risk, they they have no backup plan, they go right for it, and they make it. But there are so many not heard of stories of the people who did not make it. Because they're not going to talk about that, obviously. Because there are so many talks about, about this just with game devs. I follow a crap ton of game devs, I see so many game devs talking about it, they're like, wow, we've been spending, like there's game devs who were like, we spent years trying to undo that myth of you have to risk everything to be successful, and now it's back in the forefront again. And there are game devs who are like kind of frustrated. They're like, oh, great, we got to dispel that myth again. Because going all in and like that can be very dangerous and can just ruin your life. Because, come on, what's wrong with being smart about it and being practical about it? There's nothing wrong with that. So th these are solo things. You can always comment your thoughts and opinions on what I'm saying. And in the future, these will be discussions with people, I am sure. Because some of this I have talked with some people. Jacqueline Joy, I've talked quite a bit with some of these things. And one has got to be, is any press good press? Me and her had this conversation, and at some point we'll probably have this conversation on camera. But it's about, is any press good press? And I feel like it can't be. But there are pros and cons to any press is good press. We're talking about this game. It's really, really offensive game. It's a really offensive game coming out, and it got a lot of bad press. So it goes from a, a game that nobody knew about, that no one was going to download, and now a bunch of people know about it. So you're going to have people who are downloading it because people talked about it, because of how bad it is and everything. And so that press is good press in that, well, now they got more people who are behind it, and they're going to get more downloads and everything, and they'll make more money off of it. Because the thing is... You are trying to be relevant in a world that doesn't care about you. Uh, it's really what it is. It is... We know this very well for four years. You, it's The hard part, above anything else, is just being noticed. That is the hardest thing to do, is to be noticed. To be in anyone's radar. That is the hardest thing to do as a creative in the internet at all, is being noticed. And holy crap, because there's so much noise, there's so many people advertising themselves, so many people making videos, so many people making art, so many people doing so many things, you got to do something to grab eyes. And sometimes bad press is the way to do it. You make something so offensive that people have to notice you. And they do, and now you have people talking about you. Now you have people who have noticed you, whether good or bad, people know you exist now. And so that's why there is those who feel that bad press is good press because now you've been, now you're in people's minds. And very much, yeah, okay. And my thoughts were, 
For a small company, it's good because now they got attention. For a big company, it's bad because for a small company, now they got attention. Now people might download and play it. Some people might actually agree with what the, the terrible things about this game, and that's where they're following them. Whereas for a bigger company, in my opinion, let's go for, of course, Shadow of War. We never shut up about it. All the bad press they're getting is potentially having them have less sales because there's just people who are annoyed by it. I don't think loot box is going to create more sales. I feel like that is going to create less sales, but they may be able to offset that because of whales that are going to buy those loot boxes. That's what I think is going to happen here. But they are losing sales by that. I Because I'm not buying a dang thing, and I can't be the only one who's not going to, but it's probably not going to be a very big number of people like that. So it's going to get offset by whales, in my opinion. But that's not a good thing for big companies. You don't want to... You, when you're a big company, you never want to go down. You always want to go up. You want to just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That's the rules of capitalism, always growing. You never stop growing. If you're, if you're not growing, you're not, well, you're not growing, and that's a bad thing. In capitalism, you must always get bigger and bigger. You never stabilize, you always get bigger. So when you're a big company making a bunch of money, making these big, these big blockbuster games, you need to keep growing, not shrinking. And so bad press is always a bad thing for you, from what I can tell, in my opinion. They will fight on that. They will bend on those things all the time. And so that was my thoughts. Talking with Jacqueline Joy, she's like, yeah, but even so, you don't, not even at a small scale should you want bad press. And her thoughts were, and it made sense to me, as she explained it, is that as you have people who notice who you are, and they're going to download your game, or play your game, and buy your game, or just become the following, are those the people you want to follow you? If your game is horribly offensive, it's really messed up, and you're getting a, a fandom, you're getting a community behind you, is that a community you want, though? Like, it's a, it, this is a very offensive game. I'm not talking about it because I don't want to give it press. But it was a very, pre uh, a very offensive game. It does have a followership of people who are extremely offensive, very racist, very ignorant, and it just makes you it it just makes you like, oh my god, these kind of people. But it's a thing, and these are a bunch of people backing it. And so, is that a community you want? You want a community of people who are racist and ignorant and all these things? Do you want that community? If you're fine with the community, then fine, make money off that. But if you're not fine with that community, then it's not a good start for you. It's not a good start for you. That people have you in their mind, but it's that kind of community. And I, th I think about that, and I thought about that when we were the Smite community, and what we had. We were, well, Smite. Smite was a very predominantly teenager community. And with that, you have varying levels of maturity. For me, there were some that were a little, a little very immature, throwing around a very, a lot of homophobia. A lot of homophobia from young teenager community. And we did our best to curb that. We, we banned the word, we said it wasn't okay, things like that. And then, of course, racist jokes and things like that. We're, we're trying to be a family-friendly kind of situation over here. Family-friendly, not, not necessarily politically correct, but just... You'll, you'll offend somebody anyway, no matter what you do. But just not being outright dickish to anybody. Like, the rule has always been don't be a dick. That has always been the rule. And if you're being racist, you're not really being not a dick. And if you're being a homophobe, you're not really being not a dick. 
And if you're giving people trouble for the religion they believe in, you're not really not being a dick. Like these, giving people crap for who they are is a dick thing. And so we spent a lot of time just fighting that when it came to our teenage community because there's a level of maturity there. There are those who think it's funny to just be trolly and piss everyone off and things like that. And that is not a community I want. Definitely not a community I want where it's just laughing at pissing other people off. Not a fan of that. We had a thought. We were thinking, you know, because I was looking at all the games coming up, I'm like, wow, there are a lot of boob games. There are a lot of boob visual novel games. It would be funny to just have a series of that. Just like, all right, let's just spend 30 minutes looking at this boob game and laughing at how ridiculous it is. But the realization was it would be a, our community from that point, if it, if it did anything, would be dudes who are just into boob games. I'm like, I don't really want that to be my community. And so we didn't, we, so we have, we're not going forward with that idea. And we have a lot of ideas like, well, this idea work? Let's try this idea. Let's not try this idea and things like that. It's why we stopped doing the Chad gaming because Jinx felt like we were being a little too mean spirited. The problem is, Jinx is really good at mean spirited humor. <laughs> She's, me and Jinx are both really good at retorts, and retorts are usually pretty snippy and pretty sharp. But the realization is, we don't want to really be that, because there's enough cynicism and meanness in the world that we don't want to be that. We want to be, not necessarily happy fun time, only good times over here, but a more positive force, not such a negative force, because cynicism... And mean-spiritedness, there's enough of that going around. It is it is a moneymaker, though. Being a total ass on camera is a moneymaker. Being just a mean-spirited human being is a moneymaker. Take Ann Coulter. <laughs> Take Yiannopoulos. Take... There are, there are so many... Even on the left, there are, there are offensive people across the spectrum. And they have a huge following because... They tell it like it is, or because they're not afraid of political correctness, or they're not afraid to say this, or just whatever word you want to put, where they're not, they're not holding it in. They're saying things that you wish you could say, kind of situation. Because people wish they could be a little more aggressive and be a little more angry. Everybody loves dicks. Everybody loves dicks. Um, it's funny I say that, since I say don't be a dick. Everybody loves dicks, because Dr. House was a huge show for, what, uh, nine, ten years? Was it eight seasons, nine or ten seasons? Huge show. Main character's a huge dick. A huge dick with a heart of gold. But he's still a huge dick, and we love that. We've always loved that. I'm talking about American community. I don't know about the rest of the world, but Americans love dicks. They absolutely love a dick. It's, it was Dr. House, Donald Trump with the freaking, uh, with... What's his show? What was his show called? What is it? What is it? The Apprentice? He's not a very nice guy in that. He has characters who are not very nice in that either. They're very aggressive. They're very dickish, and they were popular. Any reality TV show, there are dicks in these things who are very popular. People love dicks. They just do, and so that's always going to be out there. And that is that is a very successful way to the mountaintop. And we are trying to do. Not that way. We're trying to do more positive and everything, but the realization is dicks are fun, and that's because of catharsis. 
Yeah, we're getting way too philosophical here, but it's because of catharsis. Because you wish you could tell the person who's being an a-hole to you that they're an a-hole. You wish you could do something mean to them. You wish so many things. Someone cuts you off, you wish you could just crash into their car, or wreck their car, or follow them and do damage to them in some way. Not them, but their car, I will say. But we see funny things in movies where someone's just a dick and they get their comeuppance. We see that all the time. And sometimes the main character is also a dick doing the comeuppance things. We like comeuppance. We like um, aggressiveness as far as American stuff goes. I talked about this the other week with Checkpoint, right? Gordon Ramsay. We really like aggressive UK people. We really like aggressive British people. America loves Simon Cowell. He is a huge dick. He's a huge one. Gigantic. He does tell like it is. I can agree with him on things, but the dude could put it a bit better. He's just very aggressive and mean. There are times when he's also very nice and everything, because he's a human being. You see enough TV of someone, you see enough sides of him, but he's a huge dick, and we love it. We love it. We Look at Piers Morgan. America loves Piers Morgan, who is... Just bile. Oh my god, America loves this man. And I don't understand, because he is just such an ass. But we love him. America loves him. Going back to Gordon Ramsay, the American version and the UK version of his shows. The UK version of his shows, he's a very nice, friendly human being. The, U the American version, he still does things when you're on his good side. But if you mess up, he is extremely aggressive and very angry. And in the American version of the shows, people mess up all the time. There are some mistakes, he's always angry about it. Everything sets him off. Well, in the UK version, even little mistakes. Like, if there's little mistakes, he's okay with it. Little mistakes in the US version, he gets mad. The only time you don't see him flip out is Master Chef. And that is it. I watch too much TV. And it's just... That's what it is. People wish they could just kind of be mad and shout at people, and it's this thing in the back of our heads where we wish we would be a little bit more aggressive and angry, I feel. And I've done that plenty of times in my life. I've done some angry things and aggressive things in my life where I feel like I should do more agent of good kind of things. But, I digress. Um, Community. Community building. Is it there's the question, is it better to get anything you can get, or what you're trying to get? And I think it's the middle ground, of course, it's get everyone you can get, and then prune away to get what you want to have as your community. I love my community. It's very small, though. I wish it was big like it was back during the Smite days, but at the same time, it was headaches dealing with people who were just completely, just come on kind of people. But as you grow, those people exist. Those people will be in your viewership, and it's just dealing with that, I guess, or just finding a way to curb that. You have people who say, I'm just me, I, will you, will you follow me, you're just going to get my opinion, but I'm not telling you what to do, what to say, and anything like that. And that's true. But when you have a million plus, or so on and so forth, even a hundred thousand, whatever followership, you are someone people are looking up to, you are someone people are watching regularly. Whatever you are, whatever you do, does influence those around you. And so, if you are a steaming pile of crap with a couple million followers, they're, they're a reflection of you as well. And would you prefer to keep that going, or try to 
be something better and above that. Of course, there is the whole, well, we're only on this rock for so long, just enjoy your time. Who cares what people think of you and things like that? And my thought on that is, it is because we're all on this rock together. We only have so much time on this planet. It's a very long time for a lot of us. Uh, and it's a very short time for a lot of us. And we can all make it better for each other instead of harder. That's the thing. But we, it's a lot easier to make it harder than better, it feels like, because it's easier to be an ass than it is to be a nice person. At least that's what it feels like. Because you're fighting that aggressiveness inside. Well, you don't have to fight anything to be a nice person. Well, you have to... Meh, put that wrong. You have to fight wanting to be a bad person to be a nice person, it feels like, more so than the other way around. Why would you fight trying to be a nice person to be a bad person? I don't know. That metaphor is not working. It's easier to be an ass, I feel. It's always easier to be an ass than to be a nice person. That's what it feels like. That's what it is, because it takes effort to be helpful. It takes effort to be a nice person. It takes freaking effort, and we can be very lazy. Let's wrap up with a couple other news things here. Other things, let's see here. PUBG. Okay, so PUBG is getting some negative reviews because of what they're doing with China. So in China, their servers are crap. PUBG has sold 1.5 million copies, but their servers are crap. And instead of improving their Chinese servers, they are putting in-game ads from Chinese companies to help boost their connections. That's what they're doing. And so, they have gotten over 10,000 negative reviews recently because of that. Yeah, I think I get why. I think I get why. So that's uh, not great. Yeah, it's advertising for accelerated VPN service said to boost connections to international servers. So instead of having better servers, they're advertising to the Chinese players to do this. And that's not the best solution. And yeah. Of course, there's, of course, the PR nightmare of them saying they want to take action against freaking Epic about freaking uh, Battle Royale mode for, for Fortnite, which I, I really don't care for that mode. Uh, they're, they're doing things that are similar, but it's not like, it's called iteration in my opinion. It's replication and iteration, kind of. You're doing things that worked out for them, but you're trying something different with your own. That's how it is. It's not a carbon copy. It's just, it's not the same thing. It's not, it's not an exact clone of freaking PUBG. And so, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Blue Hole, but they are going down a hole a little bit right now. Not the best for them. Not the best for them at all. Other one is the announcement that Star Wars Battlefront 2 beta open, I mean open beta will be Friday. And uh, I'm going to put in every effort to be in the droid army. Every effort. Every effort to be a droid. Because roger roger. And anyone can join me. Anyone can, if, if you can have a clan or a team or whatever, anyone can join me. Doesn't matter how good or bad you are at this game. We're droids. Droids are not great at skill. That does not matter. It's about having fun and having a blast. Literally, because you're a droid, you're going to get blasted a lot. And so, I make every effort to be a droid. I don't want to play anything else. I just want to be a droid. That's all I want. I want... I'm hoping for fantasy modes where it's just droids on freaking whatever. But I think it's just going to be... You're going to do the battles that were at the time. So, okay, here's the modes they got. 
Galactic Assault 20v20 Infantry Battle taking place on Naboo Capital of Thede. Starfighter Assault X-Wings versus TIE Fighters. That's going to be cool. Strike. Two relatively small teams of eight battle in and around Maz Katana's Kanaka, Kanata's Castle on Takadana. And Arcade Mode. No campaign mode, but you can try out two of the versus AI arcade missions. Okay, so that's what's going to be there. So there's only one mode I care about. Galactic Assault 20v20. Droids. That's all I care about. Roger, Roger, all day. All day. And that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. So if anyone wants to join, go ahead. Just let me know. I I don't know if it's cross-platform. That I do not know. I uh, I guess it shouldn't be because if it was cross-platform, uh, PC's just going to own the consoles. That's just how it is. No matter how good you are at the consoles... There is an edge by PC just because of the responsiveness of a, of a mouse and keyboard. Not the keyboard part, but more the mouse. The mouse gives you a lot better aiming than a console will. Than a, than a control pad will. Than a stick will. That's the word, stick. By the way, what the hell? Just remembered. Cuphead again. There's this whole Reddit thing about how people using the stick over the D-pad are like the lesser people. If you're a grown human being, you just do whatever works for you. For the majority, I've been using stick, and I've been doing fine, I've been getting A pluses here, there, and everywhere. If I want to do D-pad, I can do D-pad. But since you have 8-directional shooting, why would you? Of course, 8-directional shooting has always existed in D-pad anyway, considering, of course, Alien Soldier and Gunstar Heroes, which is Sega era. Sega Genesis era. But still, the hell. Play however you want to play. If you can somehow... Look, if some of the console controller beats me... And I'm using a mouse. I'll give them props to that because they're they're definitely gonna have a little bit of a harder time than I will when it comes to aiming. That's just how it is. Playing a fighting game, I would rather use a fight stick. But there are people really good with controllers. I'm forced to be good with the controller because, well, I don't have the money for a fight stick. Uh, there are people who play with keyboards. Although back in the day, what people would do with keyboards, though, if you played fighters versus with a keyboard, there are people who did what they did was. They had their whole combo set up to a prompt with the keyboard. So Q, W, E, R, T. It just did the combo for them. They would just click, 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 click. And it was like, that was a cheap thing you could do back in the day. I think you probably still can uh, if you know what you're doing. But um, yeah, you can do well with the keyboard. I believe that is all the news to talk about right now. This has been a solo podcast, and my throat is dry. Um, just a lot of thoughts and opinions on things. I don't know who we're getting for the next episode. I have to find somebody. Uh, coming in the future, though, when the job happens, I can only do podcasts at night or on the weekend, and we may have to do a solid weekly date and time where whoever shows up shows up. That might have to be a thing we have to do in the future. I have to think about that. Or I just keep trying to be flexible with my guests, and it's just whatever time on the weekends. I don't know. But a full-time job creates rigidity. Rigidity, which will require adaptation. So we'll see how that goes. Those who are wondering, it's a lab tech job for the city to make sure no one dies of uh, water-related diseases. So there you go. That right there is the podcast, everybody. Give me your thoughts and opinions on everything. And, um... Oh, my throat. But, um... Yeah, I, there's a lot to unpack on certain things I talked about, and I know I got rambly a little bit here and there, but for the most part, I think it's pretty th solid thoughts on a lot of things, but 
I'm not the only opinion out there. I'm not the only opinion out there, obviously. One more thing I was saying was... I think I didn't get it get at it perfectly. TLDR on one thing was... If you have a large following, it's kind of important to be kind of a role model. You, you have some responsibility to your audience, especially if they're impressionable. When they're young kids or teenagers and stuff like that. Whatever you do, whatever you are, will influence who they become. And if you're a total bag of crap, they will be as well. That's what I think. And not always. It doesn't make them sinless. They have their own options to be a bag of crap or not. But if you are a very terrible person, it makes them see that being a terrible human being is okay. That's what I mean. And so the bigger you get, the more responsible you, more responsibility you have whether you like it or not. And so it's good to try to lead by example, whether you want to or not. Hope I worded that way. I, I hope I worded that correctly. But there you go. That right there is the podcast. I had fun of watching. That's what's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by. And see you next time.